0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana, and we're here at 318 Latino Studios for shreveport Bozier, my city, my community, my home. And can't wait to have today's discussion. It's with Ryan Williams. So, Ryan, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Of course, of so- course. All right, Ryan. So, if I get anything wrong, please correct me. <laughs> I will, <laughs> but I'm doing my best. Uh, you were raised in the MLK community. Yes, 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 sir. Graduated from Green Oaks. Green Oaks High School, and went on to receive your bachelor's and master's from Grambling and Louisiana Tech. Yes, sir. You are the CEO of several companies and extremely active in our community. Yes, sir. Let's start here today, if we could. Um, Talk to me about Seed Links behavior management, your company, and some of the different services that you guys offer. So
1: uh Seed Links is a mental health uh company hearing report, but I don't like to just call it mental health. I call it us serving people because um service is one of the greatest things that you can do. Um there's a quote by um Dr. King that basically talks about how service is important and how um you know great men, although any man can be um, great if he chooses to serve, you know, and I look at that and um, that was one of the reasons why I went to the Air Force and decided to serve my country. Um, That's one of the reasons why I moved back to this area to serve um, this community. So when I I hear the name Seedlings, the first thing that pops in my head is service and service to others. And we've been so fortunate and so grateful to be in business and be in this community and serve the community that, that I grew up in. Um so one of the services that we offer is assertive community treatment, and that 's a great program. It helps with homelessness. It helps people find, job, find jobs. Um, it helps people as simple stuff as learning how to ride uh, the city bus you know and being a part of their community. There are people living around us who have mental disabilities, and we don 't want those people to hide. we don 't want them to uh, be scared of, of, of what others may do to them or take advantage of them. That's why companies like Seedlings exist, because we can provide those services. Um, We provide parenting classes. We provide group sessions. We provide one-on-one counseling. Um, We do so much inside of our office. Um, We've added a pharmacy within the last year, because what we were noticing is that um, people who were coming in to see the doctor or maybe see the LPC or see the nurse, they were needing their meds. And then the prescription would be sent um, to their last known address. But when you're dealing with somebody who's homeless, they may not have an address. So they would get their medical prescription sent over, let's say, Brooks is on North Market, but they may be living in a shelter um, downtown or somewhere. And um, they're having a hard time getting to that pharmacy. So um, I got a partnership with Genoa Healthcare, and they came in and built a pharmacy inside of our offices, and we partnered with them. And now we have a pharmacy inside of our office. So as soon as that person is done seeing the, uh, the doctor, seeing the nurse, and seeing the licensed professional counselor, they get their meds right then and can actually take their first dose then. That's a win for us, that's a win for the patient, and that's a win for the community. So um, when we take, think about seed links, and uh, a lot of people always ask me, uh, where does that name come from? That name comes from me sitting in church and listening to the uh, pastor speak, and he was talking about how a seed will replenish itself after its own kind. So if we want apples, we got to plant apple seeds. If we want oranges, we got to plant orange seeds. You can't plant oranges and expect apples. So the good seeds that we plant inside of our community uh, is going to yield a great, great return for our community, so that's where seedlings come from.
0: Love that. All right, I'm gonna pull the next two questions. I pull a couple of quotes from you. So, <laughs> in, in in speaking about mental health emergencies, you once said the following: They don't necessarily need a police officer. They need a doctor. They need a social worker. They need someone to ask not what's wrong with you, but how can I help you. Talk to me, if you could, about some of the barriers that exist today in our community for dealing with mental health emergencies.
1: Every person that you mentioned has something in common, and it's advocacy. So uh, at some point in time, we all have to be advocates for what's going on inside of our community, whether it's children's mental health, whether it's adult mental health, whether it's crime, whatever's going on inside of our community. we got to find advocates and people who want to be advocates um, some of the barriers that we faced um is, is dealing with the state and how um people who legislate laws deal with us. Um we've had some issues with that. Um I've talked to Representative Doty, Doty Horton, I've talked to some other representatives, Sam Jenkins and Cedric Glover, and people like that who who um write legislation in hopes that we can make some changes in mental health because um what we're dealing with in Shreveport is a mental health emergency. You know, um nobody grows up and say and says that, hey, I want to be a teenage murderer or, or, hey, I I want to do this or I want to do this. People want to be sane. They want to be in their right minds. They want to do well. But there have been so many things that have stopped them from being well. My specialty is childhood trauma. Uh, Looking at things that may have happened to an adult at a young age that they never got past, and then that adult had a child and now that adult is raising a child who's dealing with their own past traumas and raising a child and passing off those traumas. So those are some of the things that we've looked at as some of the barriers in this area. And in order to understand the barriers in this area, you have to look at the history of the area. You have to look at the area that the crimes are taking place in, the uh, poverty level. Um, You have to look at the schools. I mean, there are a ton of things that you have to factor into what's going on. Um, And I've dealt with some serious, difficult um, cases. And um, people ask me a lot of the times, What's the hardest thing you've ever had to do? Um, I taught school a little bit in Cattle Parish. And the hardest thing I've ever had to do in teaching school was assign a kid homework that didn't have a home. You know, how, how, do, how do you do that? How do you say, hey, listen, where's your homework? Mr. Williams, I don't even have a home. I'm, my, my mom, I didn't see my mom in two days. I'm raising my little brothers and sisters. We're going from family to family and home to home. So those are some of the things, some of the barriers we deal with inside the community. Before I can ever treat a child who's dealing with a mental health issue, why well, I have to make sure that that child has eaten, basic needs have been met. And once you get past all that, you have to build a relationship and get them to trust you. It's a hard thing to deal with because every adult so far in their life has let them down. So those are a lot of the barriers that we've dealt with in mental health. So it's, and sometimes it seems like when you break down one wall, another wall pops up. I've went and built a relationship with a kid and next day his brother was killed. So I have to go back and deal with something different. I have to be there for a grieving mother and a grieving child who wants vengeance, who wants to say, hey, I know who killed my brother. I want to go kill that guy. So I have to talk him out of doing that while also talking to a grieving mother who's just lost lost a child. So these are some of the barriers and some of the things that we've dealt with inside of our community. And it's, it's not an easy fight. It's not a super rewarding fight, but it's a worthy fight. And it's the kind of fight that I think we all should be advocating for inside of our community. Especially if we want Shreveport to be that great place that we know it to be, or that it should be. And
0: I'm going to pull another quote you. <laughs> Um, you. So you once said, if you don't stop people who are cut from bleeding, they'll bleed on people that didn't cut yeah. them. And I think that's what we're dealing with in our community. Talk to me about the vicious cycle of stress, and I know you kind of mm-hmm. just got into that a little bit, but talk to me about the vicious cycle of stress, as I've heard you call it in the past.
1: So when we look at stress and distress, if nobody comes to your rescue, you're going to stay in that cycle of distress. You're going to stay in that stri- cycle of turmoil. No, if nobody comes to rescue you, it's kind of almost like a, a drowning person. You know, if if you're drowning and nobody comes to rescue you, eventually you're going to drown. You're going to die. But we're dealing with people who are drowning and nobody's coming to save them, except for they're not dying. They're walking around us each and every day and they're dealing with the issues and they're dealing with the problems on their own. And a lot of times people don't know that they need help or they don't know how to ask for help or they don't see the, the resources for help. And that's why it's important for companies like Seedlings to exist, because we can point them in the right direction. And not meaning like, hey, you go over there, but hey, let me walk you over there. Hey, let me show you what this company can do for you. Hey, let me show you what resources are available for you. Let me get you in a position to where you can start taking care of yourself. One of the most profitable things that I get to see is people who have recovered, people who have made change, people who um, are no longer on drugs. They get a chance to be a mother. They get a chance to be a dad. They get a chance to live a sober life. They get a chance to, to see what life is really about. They don't have to worry about anybody abusing them, taking advantage of them, uh, or even going so far as to. Um, taking things from them. You know, we, we had a client one time who was receiving a monthly check and was in a relationship with someone um, that was giving, providing them housing. And that person never told them that they were getting a the check. They knew they were getting a check, but nobody never told them. They just knew I had someone to say. So one day, um, she basically kicks the guy out and he starts living on the streets and she was continuing to get his check. So we were able to hunt that down, go to the bank, let the bank know what was going on, Get him back his check. Get him into a stable environment and prosecute the other person because that somebody taking advantage of somebody that that knew that this person wasn't in, in the right state. You know, so you know we advocate for, for for different things like that. It's going back to that quote that you were talking about. Um, you, you will if, if 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 you don't get the help and the and the care that you need, you'll, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. It's
0: amazing. Um. I've also heard you use this phrase. I've heard you use the phrase complete city. Oh, man, that's a, that's a good one. Tell, tell, tell me <laughs> That's tell, a good one. Tell me what it means to be a complete city and what it will take if we ever want to become one. Um, there are some
1: strong words that go with complete city. There are some words that you have to get rid of in this city in order to make it a complete city. You have to get rid of bigotry. You have to get rid of bias. You have to get rid of the word racist. There, are some word racism, classism. There are a lot of things that you have to get rid of if we're going to be a complete city. Um, When I was in the military in 2000, I joined in 2008. I came home in 2012. And they have this thing called home of record. And what home of record looks like is saying that, hey, listen, whatever you put down, that's what we'll ship you and all your stuff to. And I thought long and hard about my home of record. Um, I left Shreveport at 17, went to college, then went to the military. I came back and I was about 26. And I said, do I really want to go home? Do I really want to go back to Shreveport? What's in Shreveport for me? Um, and I, I prayed about it and I talked to God about it and, and, and it eventually led me home. And it just, it just dwelled on me that home is where you need to be. So and talking about my home of record and I want to be here and I want to be in Shreveport, it, it, it meant a lot to me. Wow. To, to, to come home and to uh, to be here. Um, what, what was the question again? I'm sorry.
0: Yes. Um. So I was referencing the term complete city. Oh, complete we, city, my apologies. I got no, off track no, thinking about no, home no, again. No, no problem. And I said, the question was, tell me what it means to be a complete city exactly. and, and also what it will take if we ever want to become one. In my
1: opinion, and this is, this is strictly my opinion, a complete city looks like a place where children are safe, where uh, adults are making good decisions that benefit everybody, not just my friends, not just people who have contributed to my political campaign, but, but people who are at the most and need the most. Uh, a complete city is a clean city, uh, not just a safe city, but a clean city. A complete city is a city where people want to live, where they want to be, and where they want to invest. Um, I think one of the things that Shreveport has not done in order to be a complete city is invest in entrepreneurship. Um, That's the key to any city. That's what this country was built off, early entrepreneurs. Um, And we haven't done a great job of that here in Shreveport, investing in our entrepreneurs and making ways for them to be successful. Um, Shreveport is not open for business. It should be open for business. Um, New businesses should be coming here. If you do the math and you just look at it, we're centrally located. We, we sit right underneath Arkansas. We sit um west of Texas and everything east of us, we control everything south of us. We control. I mean, we're centrally located. I think there's like 20 something million people around us. You know, um, we're, we're three and a half hours away from Dallas or three and a half hours, four hours from Little Rock, three hours from Baton Rouge, five hours from Houston, four or five hours from New Orleans. I mean, we are the central hub. I've always said that Shreveport should be the logistical capital of the world. Because of our interstate system, because of our rail system, because of our waterway system, we should be moving goods and services faster than anywhere else in the country. That's what I mean by a complete city, where if you want a good living for your family, you can move here and get a good job. Um, If you want a good education, you know your kids are going to be educated. Uh, Our educational system. I mean, there's just so many things that it takes to make us a good city. And it starts with the people here. You don't have a city without people. You don't have a good city without good people. You need good people here to help grow this city into what um, we need it to be. So when we talk about a complete city, those are the things we want to look at. We want to look at safety. We want to look at crime. We want to look at economic development. We want to look at entrepreneurship. We want to let our legislators know what we need. We want to let our city council people know what we need. Uh, one of the things that I told Mayor, Mayor Arsenault when I when I spoke with him is like, hey, turn the lights back on. You know, If you drive around Shreveport at night, it is super, super dark, especially, especially in the most impoverished areas. So I don't know who we need to talk to about getting better lighting in our inner city, getting better roads in our inner city, and also creating better partnerships, you know, with our business community and letting them know that hey, we're open for business. We, we don't want to chastise you. We don't want to, uh, as the old saying, say uh, taxation without representation. We want to if you're going to be taxed, you're going to be represented fairly. So that's what I, that's what I look at when I think about a city. Makes sense.
0: And my last question—I told you at the beginning—we'll come back around at the end if there's anything yeah. we didn't talk about. But my last question. Was what what gives you hope as you look out? What gives you hope that this community is headed in the right direction? Um, We have a great tradition. We have a great um,
1: stronghold here. Um, There are some things that we do extremely well here in Shreveport. And and, and those things to me are the things that stand out the most. Um, We are a city filled with people who understand the importance of of growth that understands the importance of family and structure um and I think those are some of the great things that we have going for us inside of this community um I mean I hate to say I don't know I don't like to say I don't know but but more importantly um I really think that um with with the potential, and if we can get everybody working together, I think that the growth of Shreveport would be totally um, amazing, especially with everything that's going on west of us. Um, and one of the things that I like about uh, Sam Jenkins, who is running for a Senate seat, is that he, and I actually got this from Roy Burrell, Roy Burrell has always talked about the Amtrak study. If somehow, some way, if they can build an Amtrak, and people can live in Shreveport, work in Dallas, or live in Dallas and working in Shreveport. There'll be an Amtrak system that can go from here hit Atlanta, hit us, put us in Dallas in 20, 30 minutes. I mean, not to be totally dependent on another state or another place, but that's another good partnership. Um, also, finishing out 49, that'll be amazing. They can do that um, because if something happens down south, 49 stops in Shreveport. If you remember when Hurricane Katrina came, everybody stopped here. And that was a disaster. So we have to start being more... Um, proactive instead of more reactive, especially in the city side. So And are there,
0: I mean, I love everything you said, and I, I, I love your perspective. Is there, are there other things that are important to you or that you'd like to highlight or focus on? We have all the time in the world, as, a, as I told you, I mean, this is our time to kind of sit with you, see things, how you see them and hear what you're thinking and and what you're seeing.
1: No, I think I just really want people to, to to start opening their mouths and saying something. You know, um, oftentimes when something happens, the first thing a person wants to do is pull out their phone and start recording instead of saying, hey, stop it. It's not right. Or, or, or you know, advocating. You know, in our minds, and our hearts, we know what's right. We know what's wrong. And a lot of people, they don't they don't stand like they used to. I remember being a kid and if my dad saw somebody on the side of the road. We stopped. We helped him. You know, um, if I didn't have enough lunch money to the cafeteria lady she still fed me. I mean, those are things that, that we're missing. I, I guess it, it has a lot to do with the lack of love. You know, I don't have to know you to love you and care about you and make sure that you're okay. If I see something wrong, I can stop and help you, you know, advocating for people and, and, and children. If you look at where we rank nationally for crimes against women and children, you know, we're like ranked number like two or three in the country, not the state, but in the country. And that's bad. That's not what we should be a, a, as a city, as a parish. Um, getting people who, who, who care and actually, excuse my words, give a damn. You know, we don't have enough people that give a damn in this city. And the people that do, we need to find a way to promote them. There's an old Swahili saying that says that uh, if, if, if you want to see the, the, the strength of, a, of any place or any city, you put your young out front. You in fact, we've done a great job of promoting... Our young people here are finding a way to get them back home. Um, I think Shreveport <laughs> has done a good job of exporting talent. I have friends that grew up here, that lived here, that are practitioners and doctors and, and engineers and entrepreneurs in other places. I'm just like, man, I don't want do to like, no, come home and do that. I don't want to come home and do that. It's really the place for us. I don't want to come home and starve. I'm like, wow. So um, I think our future is going to be bright, her, when we can get people to come home and and, and do that kind of stuff, or make a way for them to come home. Make them want to be here. Make sure is a desirable place. And um, supporting one another, you know. Um, I, I don't have to know you to support you. You know, I don't have to know about your business to support you. Um, I, I want to make sure that you're just as successful as I am, and making sure that we're all doing things the right way. So,
0: well, Ryan, I appreciate you. I appreciate all that you're doing, and I'm, I'm glad. On the other side of your prayers, you decide to come here, and, of course, and of come course. back. And so, thanks so much for being here today.
1: I, can, I, can I ask you a couple questions? Absolutely. Um, why do you do this? Why do you do this podcast?
0: Um, why do I do it? I do it probably because I see things, and um, I feel like more people need to hear from the people I meet. Need to. Um, be interested in what's happening amongst them and uh, in their community and, and realize this is our community and we're in this together and if it's going to change it's 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 on us to to take responsibility and try and do something about it
1: what does a what does a um, complete
0: city look like to you what does a complete street look like to you i mean not much different than what you said it okay. looks like a play you know i grew up i grew up here so you don't know anything about me but i grew up here and uh, I just turned fifty so i 've been here most of my life uh, I went to college in St Louis. I lived in Los Angeles for seven years I lived in Europe for a couple of years other than that i 've been here um you know i 've always felt that there were multiple cities within a city, yeah. and you know for me i 've always thought you know instead of having all this different energy going all this different these different directions, if we could harness that and put it together how much how much better and um how much stronger this city could be. So um I mean a complete city doesn't look to me doesn't look much different than the way you described it.
1: Yeah, and that's and and uh, one thing I forgot to mention was uh juvenile justice reform reform. I think we need to figure out a way to save our youth. Or well, we won't we won't have a future if we don't save our youth. Um, our youth is very important and it's not a demographic type youth. I mean all youth, you know, um, the kids that are good at sports. I mean, we do a great job of paying attention to them. But what about the kid that isn't an athlete, getting mediocre grades, but he still has some value? You know, let's start finding ways to make sure that his value is valuable to us inside of our community. I, I think we've, we've missed a mark on, on that. Uh, I do know that Caddo Parish is doing dual enrollment at some schools, which is great. A lot of kids are getting college credits before they even go off, and uh, promoting our trade schools as well. I think that's a good thing that, that we're doing well is, is too and getting that information out and making sure that people get a chance to hear that. And, uh, you know, one of my reasons for asking that question to you, so I wanted to make sure that um, we're aligning, you know, um, you may see things a little different than I do and I may see things a little, a little different than you do, but at the same time, it doesn't stop us from aligning, you know, or finding some of the same goals and objectives and achieving those goals and objectives to make sure that our city is complete because we we are a better society when our, when our city is complete or when we're all marching in the same direction um, and doing things right and righteous. So yeah. I agree with you.
0: Thanks for being here. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Appreciate it.
1: Course, not a Saints fan already. You no, a Saints fan? My wife is. Oh, no, I'm a Cowboys fan. I ask everybody that. And the reason I know <laughs> the reason I ask that question is I like to just uh banner and go back a little little back and forth. But I, I've been a Cowboy fan, my dad's one, and I just got it from him. I'm just now made my son one, so we it, it keep me going. So, all the people that are watching, don't be mad at me for being a Cowboys fan. I, it wasn't my choice, I was
0: born into it. So, and he's wearing Cowboy blue today.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh Donovan Wilson when I taught it with Donovan Wilson's my class, he's number six for the Cowboys and so and back from this area, so we gotta got root for him. So Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, appreciate it. Absolutely.